the Free Speaking Podcast with your hosts, Jared Mintz and Joseph Nardone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Nardone. Uh, Jared Mintz, my co-host, he's unfortunately not available today. He's sick. He partied too much on New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve. Um, probably hanging out with Mariah Carey a little bit too much. Uh, we wish him well. We wish him good health. I know he's petrified of this show without him. Um, joining him, joining in his place is Tommy Stokey, who's the content manager of FanRag Sports. Tommy, how are you doing? Do you want to say anything to Jared, and how was your New Year's Eve? Yeah, I'm kind of going to miss the, with you, as always, Jared intro that he always has. I don't think yours was nearly as good, um, so hopefully that doesn't lose anybody right away, because I think, I think Jared really grabs the attention right away when he does it. Um, at the same time, I kind of feel like one of those fill-ins on holidays on ESPN Radio or FS1, like Cowherd was off for the week and everybody got Nick Wright, or Mike and Mike take every holiday off on ESPN, so... Hopefully, I can uh, do a little bit better than, than some of those fill-ins. So you're Mike Golick Jr.? Uh, like grandfathered into this or something? Well, Golick Jr., he's like the spot fill-in guy for all the radio shows. So is like Adnan Verk. Yeah, it used to be Chris Carter. So I guess being compared to those guys is, is better than that. You hate Chris Carter? Is that your hot take? Is that how you're starting the podcast? Yeah, I got to start. Yes. All right. All right. We're going to talk about college basketball to start the show. It is completely and totally up Tommy Stokey's lane, even though he's a baseball writer. You might know Tommy as the man who broke the Chris Sale news. Um, Chris Sale just randomly tore up a bunch of jerseys. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, in college basketball, I hope not. you don't want to talk about that at all? Fine. He did break major Detroit. He did talk about major Detroit Tigers news, though. Tell, why don't you tell the listenership about the Tigers news, the G- giant minor league signing you broke last week? Uh, <laughs> Edward Mujica signed a minor league deal with a major league invite, and you know when there's nothing going on in baseball, that becomes a thing. So why do you tell? Take it. Why do you tell the listeners? Because the reaction to that was quite funny. It was just a minor league deal. It wasn't just like they didn't pay him millions of dollars or whatever. He's a former All Star. But the reaction to that was as if like the Tigers' season was over because they signed him. Why is that like that? Um, because the well, a when it's the middle of or the end of December and nothing in baseball is happening, when anything happens, no matter what the size of it, it becomes something. So I mean, it's no different than any other in any other sport. I mean, if if LeBron James takes a vacation in July, it's like, wait, is he not serious about basketball anymore? I mean. That's what just happens. So with the, with the Tigers, they haven't made any moves, and so people look at this like, oh, great, the Indians signed Edwin Encarnacion, and and we get a reliever on a minor league deal. So that's just fans in in any aspect. Who's the best player on the Tigers right now? Is this, is Verlander still there? Yeah, he's still there. Is he? Uh, is he the... not, I mean, Miguel Cabrera. Do you know him? I know who he is. Yes. Yeah, he's there. Uh, J.D. Martinez is pretty good. Nope. Um, Ian Kinsler is pretty good. They might move him. Uh, you know him? Nope. I know Cabrera, Verlander, and I, that's probably it. I'm, I'm waiting for you to talk about Lou Whitaker. Yeah, I don't have any, any Lou Whitaker takes. Yeah, that's about where my baseball knowledge stops. All right, so let's stop talking about baseball in a January I already got 2nd. you off track. I already got you off track. It's not very hard. Um... So on the ACC, Georgia Tech's beaten North Carolina, Virginia Tech's beaten Duke, 
Boston College has beaten the abomination that's become Syracuse, the Big Ten, Nebraska over Maryland, Minnesota over Purdue. Everyone's beaten Indiana. And then the Big East, St. John's has beaten Butler. Um, Tommy, is uh, college basketball drunk? Um, no, but if Indiana keeps losing, then I might be. Um, we talked about this a little bit, and I don't know how, how big of a deal these upsets actually are because I think that you have – I think the timing of it makes it look a lot worse than it is, uh, that so many are happening at once. Um, I mean, we talked about this the other day where I think that every team is going to have a letdown here and there, and when you play – you know, you're going to lose to a conference opponent that you probably shouldn't lose to. It just so happened that a bunch of good teams lost to a bunch of not good teams in the same weekend. So, you know, if Virginia Tech would have beat North Carolina this week, and then in two weeks Virginia Tech beats Duke, and then, well, I don't know why anybody's talking about Syracuse anymore. They're just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Maryland, if I remember correctly, I don't think they were supposed to be all that great this year anyway. I know that they have Trimble, but... Outside of that, I thought it was, you know, not going to be a great year for Maryland. You know, Purdue is, is up and down all the time, too. Indiana is, I think, on an island of their own when it comes to letdown games. Um, but in college basketball anymore, you're going to have these games. I just think it it's the timing of it that makes it look like, oh, crap, are all these teams not that great or what the heck's going on? Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. Like, Syracuse is just garbage. So them them losing isn't a big deal. Virginia Tech's actually good. Uh, Minnesota's pretty solid. Nebraska has six losses, but five of them are to uh, NCAA NCAA tournament teams. So that's actually not that bad of a loss for Maryland. Um, And then, like, Illinois beating Ohio State. Ohio State's not as good as they usually are. Illinois is probably an NCAA tournament team. Um, Then St. John's beating Butler. Uh, I know St. John struggled against DePaul, who is trash. Sorry, Dan Stack. But, um, yeah, these things just happen, especially early in the conference schedule. They don't really mean anything. Everything usually balances out. Plus, a lot of these upsets aren't upsets. Boston College, traditional garbage. Q's garbage now. Virginia Tech's good, like I said. Nebraska's solid. And Minnesota's good. Wait, wait, wait. Virginia Tech's good? Uh, yeah. I bl- oh, I bl- wait, 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 wait. I thought you meant Georgia Tech. But I was going to bring up Virginia Tech because, uh, you know, John Rothstein has said that he's had him ranked and he has him 15 this week. So is that even an upset when you consider, you know, Duke playing without Grayson Allen? And and that's the other part when you look at some of these teams that Duke, they don't have Grayson Allen, who obviously is one of their best players. But just putting in, and I think I think it was you that wrote this, just throwing in three freshmen, three new starters in the middle of the season, that's not something that just happens and it doesn't happen overnight and so you know i I know that all these you're you're building your resume towards the tournament but you know we've seen teams like uconn weren't they like an eight seed when they made their run Mm -hmm. kentucky a nine seed before so we're seeing more and more that it really is about peaking at the right time and so that's why these losses mean even less that unless you're a team um on the bubble, and I don't know that any of these teams that lost necessarily will be. Um, I mean, I could certainly be wrong on that, but unless you're a team on a bubble, then these games don't really mean anything as long as you learn something from it. Duke learns, okay, 
Um, you know, we need Allen. We need him to do this. This is where our freshman should go. Here's how our rotation is going to work out. If you're Indiana, okay, can we play through Thomas Bryant once in our life? Um, you know, so you have to you have to learn some of that stuff. And as long as that is happening, then I'm going to use the cliche and say that these early season losses are actually good. Yeah, I mean, they're not bad. Like, teams like Indiana and Duke are playing for March. Like, same thing with Michigan State, whose record isn't very good right now. Um, they're all just building towards March. Their regular season record doesn't really matter. Would it be nice to win the ACC championship? Of course, the regular season championship. Of course it would, but it doesn't really... We're not going to... Re- we don't remember Duke's ACC championships. We remember whether or not they got knocked out early in the NCAA tournament or not. They probably did. Um, they usually do. Um, hey, Michigan State, real quick. Yeah. Um, their resume, are they like in no matter what, or do they lose enough early on that they got to figure it out uh, they have, sooner they, than later? They have to win some games, but luckily for them, the Big Ten's turning to be pretty deep. Northwestern's good. Minnesota's good. Rutgers isn't good, but they're going to have a good overall record, which is going to help them with the RPI and the BPI. So they just have to take care, beat the game, beat the teams they're supposed to that they should in the Big Ten, and then steal a couple of their... Because like, Michigan's trash this year. So you have the top of the Big Ten, and then you have teams like Minnesota, Northwestern, Rutgers, who I'm not even sure how good they really are. Like, I don't know how good Minnesota really is, but they're, they're, Minnesota's record by the end of the season is going to help Michigan State just because of the way the RPI and the BPI, BPI works. And I can't see the Big, the Big Ten not getting like four or five teams into the NCAA tournament. That's it. What do you think they should get more? Well, if, if Illinois is going to make it, I feel like they're like eight or nine. So, so you have at the top. So you have you have Indiana. You have yeah. who, then who else are you going with? Who's the who's the locks? Indiana. Because Michigan's not going in. Well, now you're going to make me remember who's in the Big Ten. All right, I'll pull it up. I'll use internet research right here to tell you the teams of the Big Ten. I'm just saying, if you have Illinois in the tournament, there's no way I can't. I mean, are they really a top five team in the Big Ten? Well, you got to remember, the Big Ten doesn't have like as many teams as the ACC. All right, so I'm going to go through the list of teams. Because Iowa's not an NCAA tournament team. But they got Peter Jock, and he's good. Yeah, he's good, but the rest of the team stinks. So you, And you have Purdue and Wisconsin. Those are your three locks. I don't think it, there's a lock after that. So you ready? I'm going to go through them. You tell me if you think they're going to go to the tournament. And I might have to be able to name a player on their team, though, to do this. Well, you could do some. You could do. You know who Malcolm Hill is, and you know who Thomas Bryant is, and Peter Jacques, and Mel Trimble. You ready? I'm going to go in alphabetical order. Just tell me yes or no. Uh, gut reactions. Illinois. Hold on. We got to we got to start over on this. Are you going to pronounce it like that? Really? Yes. You know I'm from. You know I'm from Illinois, so you have to. Like, you you do listen to this podcast and know I can barely you, speak. At least have to practice saying the state correct. No, I don't. They haven't been good since 15 years ago, so they don't have to have the name pronounced correctly. Those are the rules. Funny story about that. I made a bet that I would shave my head in front of the entire school if Illinois won the national championship that year, but they didn't. Did you shave your head? No, North Carolina won. Oh, hater. All right, Illinois, in or not? Uh... I think it was I think it was Joe Nacco that said they are bipolar. They're either really good and they have talent, and they've got guys like Tracy Abrams who are thirty and still in college. Um, Malik Thorpe, he's ninety five years old, isn't he? Whatever his I've name never is. Heard of him. Whatever his name is, the big Illinois, guy. Illinois, Illinois should 
get in, but they're going to be a bubble team. All right, Indiana, Indiana is in, correct? Yeah. Iowa. Well, you just told me no, and well, I only know that you... they have Jock, who scores like 40 a game. <laughs> Maryland, are they in? I thought that they were good or at a good non-conference. So you're going to call them a bubble right now? I don't know. What's their record? Oh, man. You're making me do all the research here, Tommy Stokey. All right. They are. I'm, like, I'm, look, I'm looking at both. They they're got at 13 top, and got... 2. Their only losses are to Nebraska, who aren't as bad as the record indicates, and Pitt. Yeah, I mean, 13 and 2. That sounds like, you know, you beat a couple teams in the Big Ten. They all can right. get in, yeah. Michigan. Michigan's trash, for what it's worth. Okay, then no. Michigan State. Probably. Minnesota. Who they just beat? Somebody that we talked about? <laughs> yes, they beat up Purdue. Yeah, I mean, they could... Maybe they, they lost to Michigan in, State the game before. Yeah, they're probably not going to get in, but maybe. I don't know. All right, we'll put them as a bubble team. Uh, Nebraska. They already have a ton uh, of losses. The resume's not horrible, but they don't have to win a lot of games in the Big Ten. Yeah, that's not going to happen. All right. Uh, Northwestern. Northwestern. Uh, who did they just – or who did they beat that just lost to somebody that makes that win look not as good? Uh, well, they're Michigan's – they beat – oh, man, I don't know. Dayton's win's not looking as good as it used to. The Penn State win doesn't look good. The Texas win looks like trash now. I don't know. Maybe if they, it was Texas. Maybe it was Texas. That go figure. They beat Texas, and that doesn't mean anything because Texas is not very good. So they I'm don't actually say no. Have, okay, they're no. They don't actually have a good win on their resume right now, unfortunately. Ohio State. I didn't think Ohio State was any good, and then you thought that Illinois beating them was a big deal. I think Ohio State's not the normal Ohio State we're used to. I think they're solid. I think that was a good indicator game for Illinois to be like, okay, they're not Illinois is not going to just be just a team that beats trash teams. They're going to beat teams that are competent. I think Ohio State's competent. Yeah, I have a, a rational something for Ohio State where I always pick them to win in college football, and I picked them to win like three years in a row in my NCAA bracket, so I don't think I ever won. But I can't go with them this year. Now they're out. All right, Penn State. Uh, no. Rutgers? No. And Wisconsin? Yeah. All right, so you only have five teams in the NCAA tournament from the Big Ten. Huh. You have one Crazy. bubble team and five NCAA tournament teams. What were you saying before this? Nine? <laughs> yeah, this is why uh, we leave college college basketball to you. All right, um, circling back to the more general talk, um, Tom Cream, do you want him fired? No, because you're not going to, I mean... It's the grass greener on the other side, I mean, which sounds weird because I feel like two years ago, after the after the team with Cody Zeller and Oladipo could not score against a two three zone um, of Syracuse in the NCAA tournament and just like looked like they had no clue what they were doing, I was all on board with saying, "All right, Crean, you got us here. Thanks. It takes somebody to get you there, but." In this business, and I know that you're probably closing your eyes when I call it a business, um, you have to, you know, you can't afford to get there and then stall out. So I was all on board with saying, okay, 
Now you have to find the person who gets you over the top. But who is that person? I know that Indiana's a great job, but who even would you bring in over him? I mean, he recruits well, gets good players in. Um, that's, you know, half the battle. Um, I think he develops pretty well, um, at least guard-wise, it seems. Um so I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that you're going to bring somebody in that is a home run and is necessarily better than him. I know he does some stupid stuff sometimes and it drives him crazy, um, but you know he gets players and, and that means a lot. And again, who's who's better? Who do you bring in that makes Indiana better right now? Nobody that's available. Nobody that's going to go to Indiana that doesn't have a better job right now. That's the thing. I think that's always lost in the. Fire Tom Crean, fire Leonard Hamilton, fire whoever is who are you going to get that's actually better. And there's never anybody better on the market ever. Like, but if, if you're Indiana, you should be a job where everybody will leave to come to you. Right, but of coaches that are better than Tom Crean, they're Coach K, who's not leaving Duke. They're guys like that, Roy Williams. I don't even know if Roy Williams isn't a better coach. I think that probably... Wait, well, yeah, I was going to say... Roy Williams is kind of... I'm not going to let you slander like that. Uh, Bill Self is a better coach. But Bill Self's not leaving Kansas for Indiana. Yeah, I'm not that high on Bill Self either. But You're not... Like, why, why do you hate Bill Self? It re- Give me your Bill Self hot rel- take. Relatively speaking <laughs> to Bill, the Bill Self and where he's at, I just find that... I don't know whether it's in the tournament. I'm always like, well, can't, it's the second round, so I can't wait for this Bill Self coach team to lose, or what it is. Um, I know it runs through the Big Twelve every year, but he has a national championship not. underneath his belt. Great, you're the one seed every single year, and you've won once, and and maybe that's just the the beauty of college basketball that when you're in a one and done tournament, the best team doesn't always win. Would so. you take Tony Bennett if he was available over Tom Cree? Uh, the no. Virginia coach, okay. Yeah, all right, dude. Is there anybody in college basketball you would take that, that that were realistic? Like you can't take Coach K, obviously. That you would take over Tom Cree. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't watch enough teams across the country and actually like pay attention close enough to say, hey, I really like what this guy's doing. I mean, it's so much of it is you get one guy at a mid-major program who gets one guy to stay four years and develops really well, and and so by the fourth year. You know, your senior group, you have a good team, and everybody's like, oh, wow, this guy's a really good coach. Um, and then they get to a big program, and it doesn't always work out. So I, I don't think you can afford to take a chance, whether you were going to fire Tom Crean or not, throw Tom Crean out of the way and just say, I need a coach for Indiana. You can't afford to just take a risk on a no-name person, no-name coach. And... um so, yeah, just hire Brad Stevens. That would be ideal. Brad Stevens is going to be interesting because eventually he's going to be a victim of his own success in Boston because his team's not very good, but they keep winning. They're never going to get that transcendent superstar that helps you make the NBA Finals. So he might be available in four or five years. My hot don't tell, that, don't tell that to Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge. He's the most overrated general manager in the NBA. He really is. He Damn. he got gifted the big three, the initial big three, because Kevin McHale is his buddy. Prior to that, he did all these other things that were horrible, and the Celtics were always awful, and Paul Pierce is only a legend now because of Kevin McHale. And then what's he done since then? 
Seriously, what has he done since the big three? Um, he had the number three pick in the draft and was going to trade a bunch of picks and get somebody good, except then he didn't. And then he took Jalen Brown, which... Who's yeah. Marcus Smart? He's a clone. Yeah, poor Brad, poor Brad Stevens. This is going to be awesome if Brad Stevens is the Hoosiers closer to four or five years. My hot take is, is my hot take's actually in four or five years, Tom Crean is going to leave on his own just to leave. Like He's just going to be like, I can't. I need a break. And they're going to hire Jeff Bowles, who coached at Ohio State. Yeah, why would Tom Crean just just leave unless it's a Urban Meyer type of deal? Like I just need I just need a Gary I just need a break because he's 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 a high energy guy. Urban Meyer has Urban Meyer has a national championship to then say okay I can get any job in the country. Tom Crean can still get any he can still get almost any job after Indiana after this. When you're that high of an energy guy, right? Tom Crean's super like loud. He's What's he? He's related to the Harbaugh's, right? His sister, his wife's the sister or whatever. He kind of fits them, right or no? He's married into the Harbaugh's, correct? Yeah. His, either his sister is married to them or his wife's... A Harbaugh. Is a Harbaugh. Yeah. yeah. His wife is a Harbaugh. Not that, like, this is totally unfair, but he's super high energy like those dudes. And I, th- I feel like, like it's like a candle. Eventually you burn so bright, you're just going to burn out. And I think he's going to do that to himself because he's just so... Like, his face is red constantly from screaming like a maniac. Like not a, but th- which is fine, but I think he's going to burn himself out. I think there is a thing to that, like where Roy Williams, we can all make fun of him for his folksy charm, but he doesn't get super upset ever. That's why he's 9,000 years old and he still gets to coach college basketball. All right, but here's my thing with Creed. If you go, if you're at Indiana for 12 years and you don't make a Final Four, what, what job are you going to get? That's better than Indiana. Or I'm not saying better. Level. I'm not saying better, but he could still get almost 99 percent of the jobs in the country after this. I don't believe that. You don't think most country, most solid program. You don't think like not even good programs, but programs that have money, like a St. John's, want to dump Chris Mullen for Tom Crean. Yeah, but St. John's is not Indiana. Or I'm not saying they are. I'm not saying he's going to get an Indiana. There's like what. Five programs is historically important as Indiana. Those programs right. are never so, be open. So what I'm saying is, you're not you're not going to leave on your own to take a year off and come back. Like Meyer, he could take off and say, you know what, I'm going to walk into one of the best jobs in the country. Crean leaves Indiana, making a ton of money at one of the best jobs in the country to do what? Take a year off and go rebuild St. John's or? Rebuild Arizona State or rebuild Washington, whatever. Arizona State's job's horrible. Poor Bobby. Bobby Hurley's not doing a bad job. No, but he's not in a situation where they have unrealistic expectations at what they could be. And I don't understand why moving a Hurley, which is an East Coast name brand thing to the West Coast, was ever going to work. I think he took a weird job for himself. I always thought he was going to be a Rutgers. I always thought he was going to end up at Rutgers. But that's not, that doesn't wrong. even matter. All right, so let's get back into Point your... Point being is, I'm right, you're wrong. Sure, Tom Crean is going to coach forever, and then he's going to disappear into the ethos of college basketball. Or we're never going to hear he from doesn't, him. He doesn't leave Indiana on his own, unless he's done for good. All right, that's fine. I'm not. This isn't a hill I'm going to die on, that Tom Crean might just walk away for a couple years because he burnt himself out. All right, uh, baseball. Ryan Howard, is he a Hall of Famer? No. Why? Because he's not. Well, explain not it to me. Good. Doesn't he have like 400-some home runs? 
Yeah, that's not a lot anymore. Well, what's a lot? Actually, there is not a lot because there's no benchmark anymore. You can't get 600. Sammy Sosa has 600. He's not going to get in um, for one reason or another. 500 used to be the benchmark, but Fred McGriff has 500. I think he's got 500-some home runs. He's not going to get in, and he did it clean. Um, Are you sure he did it clean? He was on that Tom Amansky stuff? Yeah, that that is performance-enhancing, too. Tom Amansky, you can't. What's that just, nine-time AAU champions or whatever he was? Yeah, that's uh, that's performance enhancing, I think, of some kind. Um, but that's the thing with, do you know if they're clean or not? No, you don't. And you know, some of these guys never fail the test. Um, okay, I lied about Fred McGriff. He has 493 home runs, so he, he couldn't muscle that. out one more year in Tampa Bay to get 500. Uh, well, it was 40 and hit. Two home runs and hit 181 in his last year in Tampa. No, that's not good. By the so way, Brian Howard doesn't even have 400 home runs. He has 382. So. Yeah, I mean he signed that big contract and then did nothing, which is fine. He got hurt, blew out his Achilles, um, and just hasn't been very good. So. Over under 20 stolen bases for Ryan Howard throughout his career. Over. Nope, he has 12. Dang. Um. <laughs> He's, yeah, well, his current numbers are actually really bad. I'm looking at them now. I thought they'd be a little bit better. He's a career 258 hitter. That's not great. You got to be careful. People don't like uh, people don't like batting average anymore as a stat. What's the new stat that we're supposed to care about? Depends who you ask. Well, and I'm not. Right, you. I'm not. I'm not the right person to ask. On that. Is it is it on base percentage? Is that because his on base percentage is still not good? I'm a good. I'm a big on base guy. A lot of people are OPS, which is on base plus slugging. You have weighted on base. Oh my god! Runs what does created. that even mean? Weighted on base. What does that mean? Could you explain it, or you don't even know? Um, how much weight do you have when you are standing on the base? Like how fat so Ryan you are. Howard, Ryan Howard's doing pretty good. Is that what it means, or does it mean like how like if you get on base, whether or not you score or something? Yeah, it's too complex for this conversation. Yeah, it definitely is. I'll just go with how fat a person is when they're on base. That's what All I'm right. going. Like, uh, what's his name? Pablo Sandoval is probably. Hey, dead. he's losing weight. He's skinny now. He's skinny or just not as chubby? Both, sort of. Is he still good? Um, still. Ever your definition of still? Okay. Is he as good as he was like five years ago? Um, no, yeah, I mean, he hasn't even played. He didn't play all last year. Why? What happened to him he, last year? He got hurt. I think it was a, I think it was a shoulder injury or something. He was hurt. Um, after he signed his big deal with Boston, he put on a bunch of weight again. It wasn't very good. He was never, like, really good anyway. He was a good player, but, like. With a fun nickname. Right. What is his nickname? Something the Fat Panda? What is it? Uh, God, he hasn't been relevant in so many years that I forgot. Panda, something. Is it just? I'll look it up right now. Is it just Panda? It's a Kung Fu Panda. That's actually not a good nickname at all. It should be the Fat Panda. His other nickname is Round Mound of Pound or Little Money, whatever that means. It's not Little Money. He's got a lot of money now, so he's a switch hitter. But he batted solely from the left side for the last. Baseball's so weird, man. How do you keep up with this? Like. It's insane. I don't. I have. We have uh, twelve interns in the office that feed me baseball stuff. That makes sense. 
Ask, uh, ask, ask AK, ask Alex, cool as Jay, to buy my sources off Amazon. That makes sense. Is the Chris Hill news the biggest news you ever broken? Uh, yeah. What's the most stupid news yeah. you ever broken? I know the sales news itself is actually pretty stupid, like, right? Because, like, I know it was a big story, but, like, he ripped up uniforms. Like, did you ever think as a kid growing up when you were like, I'm going to be a, a baseball reporter, I'm going to break news about a pitcher ripping up uniforms? I didn't even think I was going to do it that day. So, no. Also, my list of things that I've broken isn't very long, so there's not much competition there, but... But what? It was something. <laughs> but it got, was something. It was something. You don't have one that you're like, oh, you don't You don't want to bury your... You don't want to kill your sources by saying this was stupid. Is that what you're doing here? I don't know that anything was stupid besides the sale thing. Everything else is just player gets traded or player signs. Well, that's the amazing thing. The sale thing was, like, weird and stupid. Like, it's, it's like, very TM... Like, you did... Like, I, I'm not putting down what you broke. I'm just saying it's very TMZ. As in, like, it's very... It has very little to do with... Why people become baseball reporters, and that's how your star kind of rose. Like it's just a weird thing to be like, "Hey, Tommy did great today. He broke news about a pitcher ripping up uniforms." Yeah, it was a fun fifteen minutes. No, you're. It was like nineteen minutes. You were on Bomani Jones. How was that? Were you nervous, Rec? Uh, what were you more nervous for, Bomani Jones's radio show or this one? Um, this one, just because I'm afraid what you're going to ask me. So. Bomani, at least I knew, like, okay, I'm not going to get asked anything weird. So, Do you think Bomani was even listening to you? No. Because he seemed very indifferent. Like, he didn't want to talk about Chris Sale at all. Right. Yeah. Maybe it might have been a recording of Bomani Jones. Did you have jokes lined up for him? Like, did you prep jokes just in case? Like, you had a moment to pick your spot and throw a joke in there? Or did you, like, I'm just going to wing it? Um... You know, I I had some. I thought it was going to go different than it did, and then I got. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was going to go different than it did. I thought that you thought it'd be less sportsy, correct? Because it was a pretty sportsy segment. I don't know if it was that, because I, I I mean I'm I'm a stick to sports kind of a, a guy, so. I so what's your to, thoughts on Donald Trump? Okay, this isn't on the rundown. Nothing's been on. We've talked about three things that's been on the rundown. I just keep asking you baseball questions. The only, the only baseball do question you, is... Do you think Donald Trump has big hands? How do I turn this off? <laughs> All right. Let's, let's do some bad tweets. Did you break me yet? <laughs> I don't know. Fry MJ memes with the side of some racism. Many hot takes. All right, I'll go with my bad tweet first. Um, this is from at Get Nick Wright. I guess he scribbles words for Fox Sports. Um, I love Michael Jackson's music. I also believe he abused kids. Tiger Kill is amazing. He beat up his girlfriend. Separate art from the artist. He also had like a long, huge tweet storm of other things about um, trying to, you know, double down on this day. You know, somebody can murder somebody and they still be great at their craft, which he's not wrong about. I just don't. I just thought it was weird that he felt the need to even bring this up, given the fact that nobody like really was discussing this that much. He kind of made it into a thing. 
So is the bad tweet part of it the tweet or the timing? I think the timing. He's like, if I understand, I actually get what he's saying. Like, I make this point in my columns all the time. Like, you could be a bad person and have a really good jump shot. Um, but like, if he was trying to make a point, I don't think that many people were talking about Tyree Kill domestic abuse issues. Um, I mean, I think every time Tyree Kill touches the ball, that gets brought up somewhere. So. If that's what the launching point was for his argument, then I think it makes sense. Um, as a as a fan, I have been able to separate on field performance and what they do off the field, and kind of separate. Okay, uh, this player plays for my favorite team. Um, I hope he does well and helps my team win, and I also think he is a piece of garbage. Um, I don't think that it has to be one or the other. I don't think it has to be, okay, he's a piece of garbage, so I hate him, and I hope he does poorly, and I don't want my team to win because of him. Um, I think you can do both ways. I don't, I'm don't. i not mad at anybody that won't root for uh, a team because they signed a domestic abuser or... They sign a guy, you know, if people want to be mad because the Patriots signed Michael Floyd because he got a DUI and you are very against that, fine. I don't no, I don't think anybody's wrong with that, but I also don't think the people that are able to separate that, I don't think they're wrong either. Well, like, sports doesn't have to be a morality play, right? Like, these people could do horrible things, and it has nothing to do with them trying to get three yards on a football field, right? Like, we don't have to make that into that. Yeah, it's... uh. And if you're doing it, you're just, you're choosing to do it, which is fine. Like you were saying, that's fine. Like if you want to put morality in sports, that's fine. But like 90, I'm I'm guessing most of the people that watch aren't sitting on blogs all day trying to find out when Tyreek Hill got arrested last. Yeah, I I guess what I I look at is the the Cubs trading for Aroldis Chapman. Um, Even the Yankees trading for Aroldis Chapman. The Yankees traded for Aroldis Chapman in the offseason when he had a 30-game suspension, I think it was 30 games, um, when he had a 30-game suspension or whatever it was for his domestic violence incident, um, but they traded pennies on the dollar for him. They didn't trade one player of significance to get him. And then they turn around and trade him to the Cubs for the Cubs' best prospect, and then they sign him in the offseason anyway. So the Yankees gained the most out of that situation than anybody. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. The Cubs won the World Series. But when you look at the Cubs and Theo Epstein, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when you go back and look at did the Cubs' plan under Theo work, it comes down to did they win or not. And do they win without Aroldis Chapman? Um, probably not. Um and nobody's so, going to remember that he was, in 20 years, nobody's going to remember that he had these issues. Is that the, where you're going with it? Yeah. I mean, the World Series is going to, and, and I don't I don't want this to come off as saying that it was okay, because obviously it wasn't, but he gets paid to win baseball games, essentially. So he had to make a move to win a baseball game, and... I understand that if that made it harder to watch the Cubs, I understand if it, as a as a fan, if it made somebody not feel quite as good about the World Series or 
you know, waters it down, whatever. I, I get all that. But if you put yourself in Theo Epstein and Chicago Cubs management management shoes, their job is to win baseball games, and they have to they have to do that, and they did, and it worked, and. So it's hard to argue with that, I think. Well, it also com- it also goes down to, like, are we just supposed to blackball these guys from sports? Do they not have a right to work, even if they did horrible things? Um, I think a lot of it comes down to, like, for, like, Michael Vick, who was really beloved in Atlanta and nationally, too, um, they had that whole he murdered puppy dogs thing in a puppy dog ring. Um, that's probably not the technical term, but... People really, really liked him, so they really wanted to give him a second chance, as opposed to maybe Ray Rice, who nobody really knew who he was. Like, they knew who he was, but they didn't know he wasn't this transcendent superstar. He was also at the tail end of his career. He was done being productive. So it was a lot easier to be like, yeah, let's just blackball this dude from the league. I think it comes down to how much we like these guys, how willing we are to, say, to forgive them. Well, it comes down to if you're good or not. I mean, if Tyreek Hill didn't have the power to take 80 yards anytime he touches the ball, Tyreek Hill's not on a football team. Oh, right. Ray it's Rice, a lot easier to make right. Ray Rice is averaging three yards a carry. As, like, um, I'm trying to think of who's the Rams linebacker that had a billion DUIs and ended up killing a person? Or lineman. Leonard Little? I, I think I threw a guy under the bus. Yeah, I don't know, so... But he kept what? getting, he kept, point being, whoever the Rams guy was, he kept getting second chances after getting a billion DUIs, and then he ended up murdering somebody. Uh, I know that Dante Stallworth. It's, it was Leonard Little. Leonard Little. He, uh, okay. 2004, he got manslaughter charges. Oh, and wow, he got manslaughter charges during his playing career and still got chances afterwards. Yeah, I mean, that goes to the, the impossible question for anybody to answer, and that's who deserves a second chance and what kind of second chance and all that stuff. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm pro second chance. I, I don't think we should just be like, all right, Tyreek Hill did this thing when he was whatever years old, which is horrible. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying, like, you can't just be like, you must go away forever and never work. Because you did that. Like, I think that's what, like, people want. That's, like, the sentiment I get when I'm on Twitter is when I see Terry Kill return a punt and then somebody will be like, he's a woman beater, why is he in the NFL? It's like, well, what do you want him to do? Like, do you just want him to go to an island and vanish forever because he makes you uncomfortable? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of, yeah, a lot of it is the sincerity of somebody's recovery. I think, again, watching from thousands of miles away and really having no idea. Um, it looks like Ray Rice has done everything that he can to, I don't know what the right term is, to, to learn from his mistake um, or to learn from, from what he did. I, I don't want to just say that that's a mistake. I think it's bigger than that. Um, trying to be careful with my words here. I know that sometimes they can get twisted. But you look at Chapman. And, you know, he never really admitted that he did anything. He came off as, you know, his very first interview that he did with the Cubs, he said, oh, I, I had just woken up from a nap, so I don't really remember the conversation I had with, with Theo Epstein when they, told, when they talked to me about how I needed to be a good person. Some of that might be a language barrier thing, that he didn't really understand the question or whatever. Um, but a lot of it comes down to how often uh, – 
or not how often, how somebody, how they act afterwards and how, you know, they try to do better, I right. guess. Before we, before we move on to your tweet, just so we're clear, pro-domestic abuse or no? Uh, no. Me neither. All right, but made that crystal clear in case our words came across poorly. What's your bad tweet? Um, Coach K had back surgery, and he's out, by the way, if you wanted some breaking news, kind of. Okay. <laughs> Coach K is out. That's what? not my bad tweet. No. But go ahead. No, it's your bad tweet. You tell me what your bad tweet is. Who comes back first, Grayson Allen or Coach K? Anyway. Oh, uh, um, well, Grayson Allen now, because that, that after losing to Virginia Tech, they don't want to keep losing, so his indefinite suspension is going to be over. True. All right. So my bad tweet is a series of tweets that happens, it seems like, daily. Uh, it comes from Richard Dice of Sports Illustrated. Uh, the most recent one, 14 hours ago. Skip Bayless tweets, NBC guys already making MVP case for Aaron Rodgers. Guess first 10 games didn't count. a Rodge gets more passes than he throws. Um, which, for the record, I kind of agree with Skip Yeah, that's Bayless not a horrible take. That, that's not a horrible take. Saying that if you're garbage for 10 games and then awesome for 6, I mean, I think he has a point. Anyway. Uh, Richard Dice quote tweets, it says, On December 23rd, the Bayless-led undisputed drew 144,000 viewers. On same day slash time slot, Elena of Avalor, is that, am I saying that right? You have kids? Uh, I don't uh, know what that show is. He usually uses bubble guppies as his barometer. Yeah, drew 1.435 million on Disney Channel. And so it's always Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, Cartoon Network. This tweet makes no sense. Basically, you're saying that Fox Sports needs to do a better job of <laughs> getting six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds to watch their channel. You're using two totally different demographics to skew this. I mean, I don't even think you have to do that. You could point out that his show isn't doing very well, or there are people that aren't finding it, um, either aren't finding it or aren't going to it, aren't watching it. There is that argument to be made. You don't have to make that argument by going to – Man, you know what? These these kids at nine a.m. are watching the Disney Channel instead of Skip Bayless. His show must <laughs> suck. Like, and the other the the I should probably use bad tweet being all the people that read it and are like, "Oh my God, you're so right. Thank you for doing this." Like, what are you talking about? This is two totally different things. Oh, it's to, it's an apples and oranges thing. Like it really is because you know I. You mentioned I have kids. Like a lot of those shows aren't; they're just on in the background too. Like nobody has Fox Sports on in the background, like at the doctor's office or whatever, like they do with Disney or whatever. But um, we've ta- we've talked about this off air before. Like it's just it's a really going out of your way way to be really snarky about a show that's not in as many TVs, uh, many houses in the country as Nickelodeon isn't fighting for the same demographic. Nickelodeon doesn't have the kind of competition that Fox Sports does. Do you know what I mean? Fox Sports is trying to fight against a very established ESPN while Nickelodeon and Disney are Nickelodeon and Disney. You know what I mean? So it just makes yeah, no compare sense. It to, compare it to first take. You know, done and done. Except first take, I think their numbers are dropping too, so maybe that doesn't feed his narrative or argument. Well, yeah, the whole thing is cable cutting's real. People are changing the way they view, they consume television in, in sports in general. There's just a lot of different options now. 
I think um, the debate era is kind of, I don't want to say it's over, because I think there will always be room for it, but I do think it's cooled down. Like, I think the peak of it's over. I think there, people want more of a nuanced, complex discussion than they want Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless yelling over each other. You know what I mean? I don't think that's really the TV people want at 10 in the morning. Yeah, I think the you know the people making those shows or producing those shows or whatever. I think they have to notice the trend in in both shows. I mean, first take. Uh, I believe their numbers are dropping significantly. Um, obviously, undisputed and FS1 as a whole. I think their numbers aren't where they would like them to be. Obviously, um, so you have to just take a look. Okay, what's not working? Is this something people still want? And you know, ESPN did that with SportsCenter. They said, people aren't watching SportsCenter anymore. What can we do different? They started Scott Van Pelt's show. I remember watching his first episode like, wow, this is this is bad. This is not good. And I like Scott Van Pelt a lot. If you watch it now, it's very good. And they've done a really good job with it, in my opinion, um, as a good alternate. Because I, I don't need to watch SportsCenter anymore to, to find out what happened in the day in sports. I... You live through it in real on, time. I, I sit on Twitter for 16 hours a day <laughs> and do that. So I don't need to see the highlights. I don't need to know what happens. Scott Van Pelt, really good personality. Um, those interviews that he does, he does a good job with them. You get the lighthearted. So ESPN adjusted with that. It didn't do well for the first, I don't know how many months. But, again, I remember watching that first episode saying, wow, this is just not good. And like anything else, it got better as he did it more and more. So, I know the numbers were up over a year, and so maybe that'll happen with, with Skip's show. I don't have a – I'm not mad at Skip Bayless for what he does. I think he is very good at his job. A lot of people don't like his job, or a lot of people may be envious of his job, that he gets to just spew sports and get paid a ton of money to do it. But the reason he gets paid a ton of money to do it – or got paid was because people watched him and people listened to him and that's your job. And he does a good job with it. I think he plays a good character, whether he wants to admit it or not, he doesn't have to. Um, so yeah, I don't, I'm not mad at Skip Bayless. What's funnier, the people that complain about Skip Bayless, but will constantly talk about and retweet him such as a Deitch or anybody else on, on Twitter, really, or the fact that Fox sports, doesn't really ever take into consideration that some of these guys might be kind of made. Dan Levitard makes this point all the time that, like, yeah, his popularity is big now, but if he was to ever leave ESPN, he'd be like everybody else and nobody really care. Do you think, so what's funny, do you think that Fox Sports really didn't take into account that Skip Bayless's popularity was in part because he was, you know, on ESPN, or the fact that people that complain about Skip Bayless are the ones that are giving him the most attention? Oh, I, I certainly think that's it's the people complaining. I, I don't know that it's – if you're Fox Sports, I mean, what are you supposed to do? If you're trying to build something up, you take the biggest – No, you go in the farm system. You build through the farm system. That's my belief, at least. I think you, I think you do both. I think you have a cowherd, um, and now Christine Leahy, who knew who she was before the cowherd show. I certainly didn't. And now, you know, I follow her on Twitter. I pay attention to things that she says. Um, that's, a, that's a farm system to me. Nick Wright maybe the same thing. I didn't know who Nick Wright was before. He gets spots here and there on, on Cowherd's show, and he, they build him up. 
Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was a big name before. I didn't know who he was. Um, Skip Bayless on on you bring him in, and then you have the farm system underneath that you know you bring in under him. That okay, let's use Skip Bayless's platform to build up our next guy. So I think that's the way to go with it, and so I don't fault FS1 at all for for trying that. I think you have to to do some of that. I don't think FS, FS1's horrible, by the way. I think we make a big deal out of them failing initially, and they're going against a giant behemoth of an established network, and they're just not in as many homes, and they're playing so far behind. Like, we don't do this to NBC Sports. Do you know what I mean? Just because Fox Sports said out loud they want to compete, we just bury them. I don't yeah, know. I don't know that I ever watch NBC Sports. I have because sometimes they watch they play uh, college basketball games. All right, let's move to uh, absurd questions. Hit the music, Mario. Absurd questions. All right, Tommy, I'll ask you my absurd question first. Are you ready? Who's Mario? He's our. He was he who clearly stopped listening to the podcast. He's our producer. Oh, nice. He's not real. Um, he's a play on Mario from Super Mario Brothers because we made a mushrooms acid joke once and whatever. Um, are you nervous for your absurd question? Because it's not that absurd. Yeah, I feel like you're going to end me right now. No, no, no. I tried really. Listen, I tried thinking all last night and this morning about a good question to ask you. And all of them that were good are not like they wouldn't make it on air. Do you know what I mean? I the answer. Well, that, I don't think I could even ask them. Like, I think I asked you the all-thumbs question on Slack the other day. Oh, yeah. I can't ask that on the podcast. So, if you could do... This is actually not a bad question at all. If you could do anything for a living, other than being what you are now, which is a wonderful, terrific, great content manager and baseball writer for FanRx Sports, all my brown nosing done, um, what would it be? And it can't just be like a win the Powerball and do nothing. Um, yeah, that's tough because I feel like ever since I was like 16 or 17, the only thing that I wanted to do was work in sports and write about sports. And so trying to think of a non-sports field career is kind of like my worst nightmare. Um, would you want to do porn? Uh, no. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't think I would. Oh, never mind. <laughs> go, well, tell us. Yeah. Why don't you think you would fit in the no, industry? No, no we're not going to go there. Um, wow, you almost got me to expand thoughts on that. So kind of impressed by your interviewing skills. Thank you, thank um, you. So, yeah, trying to think of a non-sports field job, I mean, at least to get into something specific, I don't have anything in mind because – if I ever had to think about that, I might just lock myself in a closet and cry. So basically what you're trying to tell the audience is you reached your dream at the age of 26, and you, you, you have no regrets, and you're not looking back, and your life is blessed, and you're grinding. Is that what you're saying, all the Twitter uh, cliches? No. Um, I'm, not, I'm in the industry that I want to be in. I'm not where I haven't reached the pinnacle. I haven't reached my goals yet. What is your goals? Tell the Twitter or whatever our listenership. Uh, I don't. I think my goal is the same as everybody else's. That I just want to be the best, and so I want to be the best baseball writer that there is, 
and I want FanRag Sports to be the best sports website that there is. And I think if you your goals are anything less, then it's a hobby. Nice. I like that. We talked about this up here, and we're not going to bury, before we have, we're not going to bury other people on on the podcast. Although I do want to ask you who you think stinks. But we won't do that because that's kind of mean. Are you the Peter North of Major League Baseball coverage? What does that mean? Uh, just answer yes or no. No. You so you're so you're not the Peter North of baseball coverage. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, I asked what you meant, and then I was given a yes or no, so I went no. Okay, fine. Um, my answer for what it's worth would be he's a a porn actor. Um, I don't know why uh, I have so much porn uh, knowledge. I don't know why I have so much knowledge on the porn industry, but uh, my my job for what it's worth is I think I'd want to be a history teacher. I really like history, and I think uh, I think I'd be a horrible teacher, but that's something I would like to do. Just answer mine because I would absolutely be a teacher coach. Ooh, like do baseball and then coach or uh, teach whatever in school? Yeah, um, it would mostly just be to uh, coach, but yeah, I think I that is something that I've actually thought about before a long time ago would was being a teacher coach so i think the answer i always gave was that a i'm not very good at school so like having to go to school to finish and get a teaching degree would not be great um having the answer key in front of me would be great as a teacher that part would be fine do you think Um, you would make a good teacher uh yeah, I do. I think I would. I think I deal with. Well, I talk to you every day, so I deal with kids pretty well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think. Yeah, but you can't slack with kids. You have to actually speak to them in human form. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's that's something like, I haven't thought about. So, like, you'd we'll, have twenty. We'll you would have twenty AKs in front of you, basically. All right, I'm gonna go back in the closet and cry again. All right, what's your absurd question? Uh, where is it? My absurd question again, not really all that absurd, but I just want to take a, a, a stroll into your imagination for better or worse, which is apparently filled with poor knowledge, right? You walk into the FanRag Sports office at 9 a.m. tomorrow, explain your day. Oh man, uh, I imagine I walk in, I'd get picked on a lot uh, to start the day. Um, and then by noon, I imagine you and I would be drunk at a bar somewhere. Yeah, I don't think that would be how it would go at all. But how, how do you think it would end up going? Uh, I have yet to be, for, that, for context for listeners. I've yet, I've never been to Fanrag West. I'm in the Fanrag East headquarters, which is my house. And then you guys have an actual office out west. And I've yet to be I've yet to go there or meet anybody. Um. Correct. I've never met anybody from FanRag Sports ever. So you don't even really know if we exist. No, no. You guys could either be robots, or I could be on an acid trip, and this could just all be made up in my mind. This could be um, yeah. right sports in- inception. Do you have a top you could spin to see if it's real or not? Uh, I was looking for something, but it's you know we're on a podcast. Visuals don't do great on the podcast. What do you think oh, would right. happen? What would you think would happen if I walked in tomorrow on a Tuesday, uh, the day after Coach K broke his back or whatever's wrong with him, nine in the morning, Fanrag Sports West? 
Uh, well, it would start out, we'd run to QT and get some Mentos, get some coffee, maybe a taquito or a chicken fry, whatever. That's a small cough go-to from the gas station. Can't trust gas station food, though, man. I don't know. Um, you would get made fun of a lot, but I don't think we would limit that to just the morning. I think that we would be sure to continue that throughout the day and night. Um, and then I think by 10.30 or 11... Well, A, we would definitely have you doing Facebook Live. We would definitely put you in front of the camera to make fun of you some more. Um, we'd have to get you on Defend Your Take. We'd have to get you on Alex vs. Alex as, as some kind of guest. It'd be like, it'd be like an ESPN day where I go through the car wash. A, you're selling a book and you go on every show. That seems what you guys do to people, though. Like, in general, you just pick a day where you're going to pick on somebody. Let's put them on camera to do so. <laughs> Is that yeah. it's like I feel like uh, like defend your take was basically just invented to embarrass people. Yeah, that happened when I was gone, uh, which is good because I haven't gotten embarrassed yet. Um, but yeah, I mean there are, there are limited options. There's nine or ten of us in the office, so there's not a whole lot of fresh blood to pick on. So when someone new comes in, good luck. That's scary. I well, the thing is, so far, defend your takes basically been the Alex's, right? There hasn't been any other. There's been an episode that's un, that will never see the light of day, but there hasn't been anybody other than the Alex's, correct? On defend your take. Um, I know there's been hosts, but the hosts don't count. They're not defending anything. Yeah, so I think it was Chris Schubert. And Alex did the first one because Schubert said something. Oh, oh Schubert yeah, I remember Schubert. The new Jets, the Jets regime. Yes, Schubert. Is, is there is is there people want to know? Is Schubert Borak? Wait, 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 wait. We got Lane Kiffin is not the Alabama offensive coordinator anymore. <laughs> effective immediately. Tommy Stokey breaking news from Twitter onto the Relatively Speaking podcast. By, by, by the time people listen to this, this will be written about nine times over. So we have Coach K broke his back, is having surgery. Lane Kiffin quit. What else did you break? Oh, that was it. Lane Kiffin not coaching in the national championship. What the hell? With the Royal Rumble, Sorry. the WrestleMania is going to be in New Orleans. Uh Man, Saban must have not been happy about that. Oh, I just read a thing oh. now that says it's a mutual decision. Yeah. Yeah, mutual. Which is the polite way of saying, I'm mad and he's not going to be around here. Did he just give him, did Saban just give himself an out if they lose in the championship game? Uh, no, I think he prevented an excuse if they lost because people were already ripping Kiffin for being half in, half out. What are you more mad about Nick Saban, that he's a winner or that somehow his hair is better now than it was when he was with Michigan State? The hair thing, for sure. That's fake, right? Is it plugs or do you think he uses growth hormones? Uh, I'm not going to make growth hormone uh, assumptions or accusations. How old do you think Nick Saban is without Googling it? 84. (laughs) What? He's 65. I was going to say, like, 62. He's one year older than Bill Belichick. All right, do you have any other hot takes you want to do before we start plugging stuff? Oh, God, no. I'm all hot taked out. You're all hot taked out? So, what did we learn? Oh, this is a great way for you to start your New Year. So, what did we learn about Tommy Stokey today? He doesn't want to be a porn actor. He thinks he'd be a good teacher. 
and he's on Twitter 16 hours a day. Is that a good way to sum you up as a person? Pretty much. Not right. a whole lot more to it. <laughs> nope. You're not complex at all. All right. So thanks for listening to Relatively Speaking Podcast. Uh, Jared Mintz, we hope you feel better. Your voice got lost because you try to be Mariah Carey. You can follow me on Twitter at Joseph Nardone, N-A-R-D-O-N-E. You can find my writing at fanregsports.com. Tommy, why don't you tell the people where they can find you at? Uh, Fanrag Sports West, just hop into the office, suite number 250. <laughs> when do you plug your Twitter? Oh, yeah. Uh, Stokey Tommy, S-T-O-K-K-E-T-O-M-M-Y. Why don't you have Tommy Stokey? Huh? Why, why oh, can't you? So, yeah, some <laughs> joker's got it and then doesn't ever use it. And I even tweeted at him said, hey, let's negotiate something here. And then... Uh, he never responded because he doesn't use it. So, like, nine years from now, when Twitter's not the thing anymore, he'll finally respond and it won't be worth it. Correct. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great and uh, wonderful 2017. All around me are familiar websites. Worn out clickbait. Worn out hotcakes. Bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking, no one's clicking. Their pupils are filling up their pockets, but not for writers, not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow, no tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad. The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you, I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world. 